0: Here. Standing here, in your presence, thinking of the good things you have done. Waiting here, patiently, just to be still small hopes again. Holy, righteous, faithful to the end, Savior. Cheers. Yeah. So my soul is secure praise you lord lord god we praise your name you are worthy lord god your promise is sure and certain yes lord you are lord over all praise you lord 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 thank
1: you yeah thank you lord we will worship you for who you are and this morning our confession is that you are good that you are love, that you're faithful, that you're merciful, that you're kind. And so this morning we lift you up. It's our honour to lift you up, to bring you praise, to bring you honour, to give you glory in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence here. We welcome you. You are most welcome. And this morning we ask that you would speak into each of our lives, that you would cause adjustment to take place, that you would encourage us, that you would give us that little nudge forward, that perhaps you would drop the answer to a problem or a thought into our spirit this morning, into our minds this morning, so that when we leave this place at the end of the day, it's just that little bit easier, wherever, whenever, to live like Jesus. So it's our pleasure to give you this time. our pleasure to give you our attention. It is our pleasure to take the things that have consumed our minds during the week and just push them to one side for a time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Nice to see you. Why don't you say hello to a couple of people around you and tell them they look good, they smell good, they, all those kind of things congratulate them for reading their emails and being here at the right time. Nice to have the Carters back from Alaska. Well, we've had a great weekend so far and it's really a great privilege this morning to have Ian and Judith Green with us all the way from the UK. So wonderful to have you guys here. We've been provoked throughout the weekend. Someone said yesterday it was scary. But that's all good, it's all good. It's great to have you here today. Can I ask you, if you're visiting this morning, I'm just gonna ask you to hold your hand up, nothing more. We wanna give you a pack, there's a free coffee card in there for after the service, if you you go to the counter. And fantastic, welcome, great to have you here. We got anyone else visiting this morning, great. Why don't we give our guests a hand this morning, church? Wonderful. Welcome. We're going to have a good time together today. Well, who's had a birthday or a celebration in the last week? Wayne, today. Fantastic. Nicole. Has Nicole had a birthday? Have you had it or is it coming? You've had it. Well, how about if you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary, you come and stand with me because we want to pray God's blessing on you. Well, you might not want to come and stand with me, but come and stand with me anyway. Is it only the two of you? Have you had a birthday on? Anniversary. Anniversary. How many years? Fantastic. Congratulations. That's good. Why don't we all stand on our feet, eh? And we're going to pray God's blessing over these guys. (coughs) Go with me, not after me. How's that? Ready? Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Give them a big hand. That's great. Happy birthday. Happy anniversary. How many of you came to stepping into God's best during the week? Anyone here? Great. Great. I heard it was absolutely fantastic. And um, I, it's on the next couple of Thursday nights as well. I understand that you didn't have to go to the first one to qualify for the next couple. So if you can go and you want to, that's all part of our school of life. Uh, I encourage you to get along. It'll be, be very, very good for you. Um, just so you know, on the 9th of August, which is not next weekend, but the weekend after, we've got Pastor Ray Andrews with him, with us. You'll remember him. He's the, the Irishman, the Irish-Australian. The Irish-Australian pastor slash psychologist. You'll never forget him. Put it that way. You'll never forget him. It's awesome. And just to let you know that Phil Strong's in Dargaville today speaking. So it's his birthday today as well, isn't it? That's right. That's right. That's very good. Excellent. Well, Ellen, Where's Alan? Why don't you come? Alan's going to share a testimony with us this morning, and he's going to read Scripture to us. Fantastic. Why don't you give him a hand as he comes? In case, in case you don't know, Alan is one of our elders here at Activate Hamilton, and he really is just a, a champion of a guy. And um, so, you know, if you need anything, any problem in the world, no matter what it is, just
2: remember this face. <laughs> Thanks, Sharon. Well, good morning, church. How are you this morning? Good, good. Hey, um, I've been asked to share a story about God's goodness, and, um, and there's many that's been taking place in uh, Property Link. And um, what I'm going to share is this. On this particular day, about three weeks ago, um, I was doing a bit of painting. I was up on a roof and just painting a couple of gable ends and just sitting there. And obviously when you're elevated, you get to observe and see around. And I felt God prompt me to, um, to I want you to go over and bless that place next door. So, uh as I got down and finished the painting, I went off next door and went over there and BDN and uh, knocked on the door three or four times, but no one came to the door. So, okay, I uh, left that and we packed up from, for our day and then we went off, um, off on home. So the next morning when I got up, I was prompted again, I want you to go over to that place that you're at yesterday and I want you to go and bless that family. So... Uh, After lunch, my team went to that address with the intention of blessing that family. And they initially said that, hey, we can't afford this. And we said, no, no, it's not about that. We want to bless you guys. And um, we want to do your lawns. And uh, I can assure you it was rather a haystack. A bit of weed spraying and and, uh, weeding and stuff. So we went about our, our job. And then at the end, there was an opportunity to have a chat with the man of the house. And he's quite a big guy. And then he got sharing about what was happening in their lives. And uh, he explained why he couldn't do tasks outside because he had to give up his job because um, he had done his back. Um, And his wife would be uh, finishing up work in about six weeks' time to have their second child. Um, At the end of the day, we... we, um, we just said, we just want to bless you guys and we're most grateful. Oh, they were very most grateful. Well, God has said that I want you to continue to bless that family. So we went back this week, that's just been, and um, we said, oh, can we mow your lawns and do a little bit more for you? And they are very appreciative. And so we went about our thing. And then uh, the guys got a lovely chocolate cake given to them at the end, just from the... Um, the lady there as an appreciation. So, um, where have I got to here? Sorry, I'm just getting my notes here. Um, so, what we're going to do, my team, there's only myself and two other guys, we're going to continue to uplift this family in prayer. Um, we're going to build a good relationship with them and we want to be available to them to be able to hear and see and observe and see how we can connect and play our part in their lives. and uh, But this is just one of the many stories I could tell you heaps um, of what experiences we've been having in the community as we continue to be obedient to what God has in store for us. God is good all the time. I have the opportunity now to read the psalm. Psalm 21. And this is about King David and his army had just returned from battle victorious. They thank God for victory and confidence of future success. How the king rejoices in your strength, O Lord. He shouts with joy because you give him victory. For you have given him victory him his heart's desire. You have withheld nothing he requested. You welcomed him back with success and prosperity. You placed the crown of finest gold on his head. He asked you to preserve his life and you granted his request. The days of his life stretch on forever. Your victory brings him great honor and you have clothed him with splendor and majesty. You have endowed him with eternal blessings and given him the joy of your presence. For the King trusts in the Lord. The unfailing love of the Most High will keep him from stumbling. You will capture all your enemies. Your strong right hand will seize all who hate you. You will throw them in a flaming furnace when you appear. The Lord will consume them in His anger. Fire will devour them. You will wipe their children from the face of the earth. They will never have descendants. Although they plot against you, their evil schemes will never succeed. For they will turn and run when they see your arrows aimed at them. Rise up, O Lord, in all your power, with music and singing we celebrate in your mighty acts.
0: as you're finished pondering God, that is broke. Earth. and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry and these bones will sing Rain are you lord come on let's prophesy this morning all the earth will shout your praise our hearts If you do speak out in tongues, who speaks in any other language at all, speak it out. Your praises is- done with our past, which has forgotten it, Lord God. Thank you, God. You removed it, Lord. All that shame and rubbish, Lord God, you took it all away. Lord God, and you give us new life. Lord God, you give us this incredible opportunity, Lord God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
1: I'm not sure how you've arrived here this morning. Perhaps life's beat you up a little bit this week why don't you take a moment just to position yourself before God, whatever that looks like for you. Could be standing, could be kneeling, could be lifting your hands. Maybe no visible, physical sign. Please take a moment to pause and to really turn our hearts toward our Father in heaven. And found no one better to help remove the bruises. I've found no one better to whisper that word of hope into my ear that's just turned things around. i found no one better to release a sense of love and being loved. Father this morning I ask that you would release hope in Jesus name Holy Spirit I ask that you would blow you'd blow the winter blues away that where there's health issues you'd release healing in the name of Jesus Father we're stuck on a problem let a thought drop from heaven this morning with a solution strategies this morning where relationships are strained and not only strategies but also the courage that we take the first step Us to be the solution in our workplaces, in our schools, clubs, community. And Father, for some this morning, I ask that you drop a dream into this spirit. give someone a pat on the back and tell them Jesus loves them. It's going to be alright. Tell them that they are the answer the world's looking for. Them and God, you and God as a majority. All those things that we know but we forget to think about often. Well it is great this morning to be able to Welcome, Ian and and Judith Green, and we've had a great weekend. What, what, uh, the fact that Ian and Judith are here is not by chance, it's not, um, you know, we kind of thought, well, we need someone to speak on the uh, 26th of July, and I I went through the the Rolodex thing, and it just happened to open at Ian, and I thought, oh, well, he'll do. Um, No, he's got nothing to do. do. (laughs) He, He needs help, he needs help being more busy. Um, you know, the direction that God's got us going in is very, very exciting. Bringing goodness to our community, to our society, to wherever we are is very, very exciting. And to be honest with you, there's, there's not a lot of churches around that are bold enough to actually face that direction. It means that everything we do, is, if it's not already, is becoming about out. Everything you do, it, it's, it's about out not in. It's about how do you bring God's goodness to the sphere of influence that you're in, in your workplace, in your school, in your family, in the clubs that you're in, all those kind of things. It's out. How do we express the goodness of God? How do we show people the love of God? How do we show people that there is a God that loves them without beating them up by preaching and quoting Bible at them, all those kind of things, even though that's what they need to hear? How do we go about that and, and do it in a way that's sustainable? How do we do it in a way that's actually going to build you and not cripple you with fear? All those kind of things. And Ian can really help us in this. That's why he's here. Because he thinks different to a lot of people. He thinks outside of the box. And, and some of the things he says, you, 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 might, um, you, know, you might choke on them even. But that's all right. Just kind of cough them back up and chew them again. <laughs> that's a good picture. <laughs> Beautiful picture, beautiful picture. Amazing what God pops in your head. Um, you know, and just chew it again and, and let it sit. Because and, and, I, th- I actually think the, the way God wants to use every single one of us is slightly different. So it's not like a one-size-fits-all. If you go and do one, two steps, one, two, and three, that's it. No, no, it's actually some personal responsibility in that we need to hear from God for ourselves of how he wants to use us where we are and then grow into that place of maturity when we can do that. And I don't think that's scary. Well, I do think it's scary, but I think it's more exciting than scary, you know, that we are God's answer to Hamilton. You are God's answer to Hamilton. That's pretty cool. So with that lengthy introduction, (laughs) and small sermon even, maybe, why don't you come in? Give him a massive big hand as he comes. Good morning.
3: It is uh, good to be back in Hamilton. I know I've met some of you over the weekend, and that's been uh, pretty awesome. Thank you for uh, yeah. Thanks for uh, your kind words and appreciation. And some of you spoke about a little bit about what uh, what the Lord did in your hearts last time I was with you, and that was that's been pretty encouraging. Um, And so thank you for that. I. I really don't talk a lot about what we do in Europe, but it gives you a context of what I'm trying to encourage you guys to do. And I'm going to just show you a short little video, a one minute video of the Proton Foundation. You'll probably understand some of the context of why I say what I say and what we do what we do and why I think you guys are absolutely 100% on the right track. So if you'd shoot that, thank you. done is passionately committed to seeing communities change across the world bringing hope and a future once where there was depression and despair seeing individuals as a tremendous potential and seeing that potential released in their lives we are committed to seeing an economic future come to the poorest of the poor so that they will secure something for their families and a future that's worth living for So when I I came last year, when I left, the church sent an incredible, generous offering to the Proton Foundation to assist us in what we were doing. And one community we're working in, we're trying to insulate homes. Um, They live near the Black Sea. Um, It gets down to minus 25. Some of you don't know much about minus 25. That's on the outside of the home. On the inside of the home is minus 8. That's not a lot of fun. And so, by the grace of God, you enable us to insulate a couple of houses. And what's been incredible about that, downloading goodness into that community, which have been reasonably hostile to many of our activities, and they see us as the cult. Um, but having done that in the, last, uh, in the last 12 months, over 32 teenagers have come to faith, and over 23 have actually been baptized in water. And water baptism is a huge issue in, in Romania because when you get baptized in water, the first question your friends and your family ask you is, so why don't you want to be Romanian? Because they can't extricate being their, their nationality and their religious identity. They see it as merged into one. And so um, let me just show you what you did and what you helped with because I want you to be blessed and encouraged. I'm by breeze in and out, but what you do will live on for many, many years ahead. So just have a quick look at that. <music> back in payana after six months last year we were able to do five houses on the insulation house project this year we're planning to do 10. it's fantastic what has happened for these families yeah give god praise that's awesome So our mantra is our mantra is the goodness of God leads people to repentance. So we're on an absolutely aggressive campaign to make Jesus utterly and completely irresistible. <laughs> and so thank you for helping us with that. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29 as you tune in there. Just to say that we have resources that could be a blessing and a help to you. Of course, I'm just here for... a. Um, a couple of days, but uh, there's stuff there by uh, on the coffee counter there that could be, have helped you. Um, I think I shared one, one part of this last year called Manifesting Goodness, how do we get goodness out of our life, into our world, you may find that incredibly helpful. There's a series year called Walking in Favor, how do you get the favor of God to come upon you because it's not by praying more, fasting more, or reading your Bible more. So what, how do you get God's favor on you? By the CDs, okay. And then limitless living. Many of us limit ourselves, and we are full of much more potential. So the Bible says in Philippians 4 and verse 19, we can do all things in Christ that strengthens us. That's largely a wasted verse on most people in this room. You actually have no idea how that's going to work for you tomorrow morning on here help you to find out how it works. So they are, they are CDs, there's a number of CDs there, and um, if you get three this morning, you get three for $55. And it helps us to do that stuff that you saw on the video. So even if you don't like my preaching, you can actually bless somebody in Eastern Europe. And for those who are a little more techy, there's a whole series here called um, Extraordinary Living and another one called Faith Foundations fully loaded with inspiring stories of what God is doing on the planet with great teaching lashed in between to help you to become the person Jesus wants you to become. Jeremiah chapter 29, I think for most of us we actually know the verse that I'm actually going to turn to. is verse 11, where the Bible says there, God's, pla- God's plans, I know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God's plans. God's plans are tied into your thinking of what you think God is like. If you think God is a punitive, punishing, legalistic, restrictive, hedge you in, sign up to a bunch of rules, God, that's the kind of life you are living. So we may say the Bible is different, but that's what you think, that's actually how you live. And so our view of God is incredibly important to understand His incredible plan for us. Because when we understand His intentions towards us, somehow we have this incredible ability to believe that God loves the vilest of sinners, but struggles with defective Christians. Grace is great before we're saved. It's not quite as good after we're saved. It's It's a weird dichotomy we find ourselves in. In fact, there's a whole letter about this kind of thinking in the In the New Testament called Galatians, it says, You once started in the Spirit, but now you've ended up in the flesh. And so, how do you see God? What picture do you have of God? Is He some kind of uninterested parent? (laughs) He's got you saved. Now He says, On your own, baby, it will be all right. Is He some kind of unlikely Father Christmas? Everybody else gets blessed and goodies, but, well, you're a bit special. This is what God speaks over your life this morning. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Can I categorically, clearly say this morning, God has a plan. You may not have a diary, but God has a plan. You may not have a goal, but God has a plan. You may not know where you are or where you're going, but God has a plan. And because God has a plan, God has solutions before there's a problem. Did you hear that? God has a solution before there's a problem. Look, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this, not because we deserve it, but because that was His plan from before the beginning of time. So have you got this? When Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't go, oh, no! That caught me off guard. My blinking act. what was they thinking? Well, no, 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 no. No, God had already got a solution. And see, some of us are moving towards some levels of purpose and destiny, and aspirations in our lives, and we're faced with all kinds of issues and difficulties. We're thinking about community transformation. We're saying, how the heck do we get into that dark area of Hamilton? The problem is so big. But let me tell you today, God has a solution. He's always had a solution. He has a solution to some of the difficult people in your life. He has, a, he has a solution to your financial challenges. He has a solution to some um, difficulties inside of your mind. God is a solution oriented God because God has a plan. Adam and Eve, somehow their plan didn't work out, but God had already got a solution. When, when Goliath was marching in front of Israel, baiting them, the whole of the Israel army were paying themselves God was laughing in heaven because he knew he had a solution. It wasn't, it wasn't a cool solution. It wasn't some kind of tank going to come into the arena. No, no, no. It was a little 17-year-old boy who'd had some target practice with a few lions and a few bears up on the mountain somewhere. But he had a solution. Everybody was panicking, but God had a solution. Do you know what? God's got a solution for you. Now, if you haven't got a problem, sorry, there's no solution. So can you kind of find a problem so we can get some solutions going? That amazing story in the book of Esther, where Artaxerxes is going to wipe out the whole nation, but God had a solution. It was called Esther. Esther. See, before there's a problem there is a solution. Some years ago as we were as we were training leaders uh in Romania we we had kind of got to a point where we're having two thousand people attend the conferences. Um, we we were sponsoring everyone, we were sponsoring train fairs, but we got to this place where there was no venue large enough to put two thousand people in. And particularly the whole hotel complex that we were hiring and so We came up with a creative solution, and we said to the guys there, you know, in Romania at the moment, there's lots of tent crusades going on. Let's just go and steal a tent for four or five days that we can hold our conference in. Well, you know, that sounded too unholy, go and steal a tent. So we said, well, borrow a tent then. So we're going nearer and nearer to the conference, and I'm ringing the brothers, and I'm saying, have you got the tent? No, no, there's not a tent here. I says, there's plenty loads of tents there. Find the flippant tent. And so we're three weeks out, and eventually they call me and says, Ian, we've looked all over, all over Romania. There's not a tent? where well, we can do our general sessions in. I says, okay. I'm thinking, there is a tent? You're saying there's not a tent? wonder what God's thinking. I go to preach in Calgary, in Alberta, Canada. I preach on the weekend, on the Sunday after lunch, we go out to a restaurant to eat. And at the back of the restaurant, there's a guy who used to live in my town, a guy called Mike Jones. And we did a lot of schools work together in our town. And I knew he did a little bit of work in Romania and a lot of work in Africa. And I says, Mike, great to see you, quick chat up. I says, mate, I got, some, got a bit of a challenge going on here. Uh, You wouldn't know anybody that would have a tent in Romania that would seat at least 2,000 people. He says, no, I don't know anybody who's got a tent that big. He says, I've got a tent. I've got a tent that seats 2,300 people. I says, where is the tent? He told me where the tent was. It was five. 100 meters from the conference center in a container. Like, how lucky was that? Like, you've got to say the luck of the Lord turned up. I mean, you've got to say it, haven't you? Like, you've just got, like, how, how good is that? See, because God had already had a solution before there was a problem. Because God has a plan. You're, you think your life is chaotic. You think it's messed up. No, no, God has a plan. I want to say to you this morning, God has a good plan. He has a good plan. It's not a destructive plan. It's not a plan for calamity and disaster. It's a good plan. A good tree produces good fruit. A good God produces good plans. And God's good plans involves your character development. That doesn't always feel good. Character development. On our way into community transformation, we sometimes are faced with hostile opinions. We're sometimes faced with alternative value systems that maybe not not appreciating what we're doing. You're trying to bring kindness and mercy and goodness into the work environment. It's not always people are clapping their hands, but you know you are becoming a better person. And God's good plan for you is that you develop a depth of character, that you're not pushed around by every whimsical circumstance that comes your way. God's good plans involves experience of loss. Loss is a part of a good plan. You're not sure, are you? Because loss means pain. Loss means emptiness. Loss means deprivation. But you know, the good plan of God is sometimes loss comes into our lives that we actually start to appreciate the little of what we've got. Because I've discovered people who are ungrateful with a lot Never change very much. And the more they get, they don't get more grateful, they get less grateful. And when you learn to be grateful with a little, you actually find much more starts coming down the pike. When you're grateful for the little bit of love that you're sharing and experiencing, and you're grateful for that, it's somehow amazing, eternal law of the kingdom, how that gets multiplied. But loss is important. In fact, Jesus put it like this. He says, you are blessed when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. See, we're in an upside-down kingdom. And the upside-down kingdom looks a bit upside-down. It looks a little contrary to what we have been fed by the media and maybe even fed by our Christian subculture. But God's good plan sometimes involves the good things being taken away so that the better things can come. God's plans are good. And because God's plans are good, everything ends well. (laughs) And if it's not well, it's not the end. did you hear that if it's not well it is not the end i am i am pretty uh i'm i'm a person pretty pretty committed to goal setting in my life but you know the purpose of goal setting is not to get the purpose of goal setting is to become so th- so, so the carrot behind goal setting is not that you get a better job, better house, better family, more money, more people in for Jesus. No, no, no. That's, that's all byproducts. The actual purpose of goals is that you actually become. And so some of us are nervous of setting goals because we actually know we're going to have to change. Hello? You think you're God? I change not. I am. I'm like Jesus. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am unmovable. My mind is made up. Please don't give me any fresh arguments. I am fixed. I don't know. I don't know how many times you've moved house. We, we've moved house a few times. And moving house is a pretty stressful gig. One time we were moving house and. Uh, The day that we're going to move, somebody, the person buying our house decided to pull out the morning we're going to move. That was not a happy morning. Another time we were going to move, and there was some difficulties with the contracts, and we're sitting in an empty house. We'd already loaded the stuff into the van to go to the next property, but it's 3.30 in the afternoon when we should have moved at 12 o'clock, and the money's not been transferred. That's... That's not a happy situation. You're not clapping and rejoicing in the God of your salvation when that's happening. And one time we, 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 we saw a house and, and, we, and Judith came back and said, man, I saw this house, a fantastic house, but we'll never be able to afford it. Oh, I love that talk. <laughs> it's pretty boring when you know you can do it. Like, everybody lives like that, but we're Christians.
2: <laughs>
3: it's only a thought. Anyway, so we go and, we go and see the house, and it's fantastic. What, it's where we want to live. It's a lot near the church. It's got everything that we wanted to do, hospitality area, wherever. It's all great. And so, so okay, let's go for it. And so we go, go for it, but we can't sell our house, so we lose the opportunity for the house. But in the meantime, in the gap, we start asking ourselves the question, so if we wanted that house that we cannot possibly afford, what do we have to do to get it? Hello? (laughs) Because that's how you have to think. If you're a faith person, that's how you think. And so we came up with this little strategy. And maybe, I don't know, six, eight weeks later, the builder rang us up and says, you know that house that you were wanting to buy? Well, it's gone. But we got another one that's come up. The person buying it solar. sold it. Would you, would you be interested in that house? It's exactly the same specification on the same development. I said, that'd be fantastic. But now we've got to plan how to do it. So if they said to us, have you sold your house? So no, no, we haven't sold ours. Well, if you want the deal, and we'll give you the deal, but the deal will be that um, that if you can sell your house and we can exchange contracts in the next three and a half weeks, we will knock 15,000 pounds off the price. Now, pounds, that's real money. <laughs> so we hadn't put our house up for sale. We bring up the estate and put the house up. Next day, someone knocks on the door. They say, Oh, is your house for sale? says, yeah, it is. We didn't know it. No, we only went up yesterday. He says, oh, we love this area. Our friends have just moved around the corner. Is there any chance that you can, we can come and see your house? Sure, not quite as perfect as it should be. The coffee's not on. There's no smell of bread there. <laughs> come up there, look around. So we want the house. He says, have you sold your house? They said, No, no, we haven't sold our house. I said, Oh my gosh. Is it, for, is it up for sale? No, not even up for sale. Oh my gosh. So I'm thinking, okay. So I said, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Why don't you ask? Why don't you ask? Well, first of all, we went to our builder and said, Look, we got someone who'll buy our house, but they've not sold their house. So why don't you take our house in part exchange? No, no, there's not enough gap, they said. There's not enough gap. It says, okay, why don't you? Because when there's a good plan, there's a solution, okay? So I say to them, why don't you buy the person's house that wants to buy our house? <laughs> you get your money, they get the house, everybody's happy. Oh, we don't know. Anyway, they check it out. Then they agree to do it. We're away on holiday on the south of France on the beach. Phone rings. The vendor who's buying our house "You know, these people, the the bill is reneged. They've reneged on the house. They they they'll buy it, but they've only going to give us five thousand pounds less than what we need to buy your house. Is there any chance you can drop your house by five thousand pounds?" is "Not a chance, mate. We're absolutely." Gone to the max of what we can get from the bank. Just leave it with me. So then I think God's got a good plan. I'm going to phone the builder and ask him for another five thousand pounds (laughs) discount. So I ring, I ring the builder, ring the sales office. Says, look, this deal's all going through. It's a little bit of a hiccup. You're not giving enough money to the other guys. Why don't you drop the house that we're buying off you by another five thousand pounds? Oh, we can't possibly do that. I says, how do you know? I says you need to you need to speak to your sales <coughs> sales manager. He, I'm telling you now, he will want to do it because he wants the cash for this house before the close of year. At the end of the month, he wants his money. You ring him. Oh, I don't know. Not ring. If you don't ring him, I'm gonna flip and ring him. I'm in France. Ring him. I didn't say in the name of Jesus. I thought it. Okay. <laughs> they ring back. Ten minutes. Sure we'll knock another 5,000 pounds off your house. Like, how lucky was that? (laughs) When we lost the house, we felt that was bad. But we ended up with the same house, 20,000 pounds less than what we were going to pay for it. And we're in a better position. You see, because God has good plans. And if if it's not well yet, it's not the end. If it's not well, it's not the end. Look at this. The devil's making my watch go very quickly this morning. (laughs) Thirdly, God's plans are to prosper you. He wants to prosper you in your mind. He wants to get your head sorted out. Judith did an excellent job talking about this yesterday. But I am one who actually firmly believed in speaking out positive affirmations, positive confessions of faith. And I have 14 or 15 confessions I make on a daily basis. And I... And I say things like this, irrespective of my feelings or my circumstances. I say, goodness and mercy is before me, and it's making a way for me. I say, I am forever loved by my Heavenly Father on a daily basis. What I see as challenges today are but timing issues, and all will end well. My dreams are nearer today than they were yesterday. I am influencing key people to become a greater, tangible help to the poor and needy on the planet. Today is a good day, as I have received and I release the blessing of God to those people that are around me. I speak them out. And when you start speaking out truth, see, truth, you speak truth not based upon what is happening in your life. You, the Bible says we speak to those things that are, ours, even, if, even though they're not, and we drag what is not into our current reality. And one of the roads that we bring God's current reality is the power of confession. God wants to prosper you in your mind. He wants to prosper you in your body. We know the promise about getting healed, Isaiah 53 and verse 6, by his stripes we are healed. I wonder if we should give some attention to the process of not getting sick. I can't explore that with you now. God wants to prosper you in your spirit. God's a plan. Number four, God's a plan to give you a future now. God's future is now. Don't let someone who gave up on their dreams talk you out of yours. Who you're hanging with. Sometimes when you enter the faith life and not just the Christian life, but when you enter the faith life, there are some people you have to say goodbye to. Because they pull they pour cold water. They want you to be contained like they're contained. They want you to have a small life that they want you to have a small life. Don't let the mistakes and disappointments of the past control and direct your future, Zig Ziglar said. You can do something this week that will echo into eternity. You can do something this week. You can bless somebody. You can speak over somebody. You can pray for somebody. You can bake a cake. You can give it to somebody. You can cut someone's lawn, as we heard earlier on today. You can do something for somebody that they could never, ever repair you. And as you be, they can never, ever repay you. And as you begin to do that, do you know what happens? You begin to build a platform into eternity that will have continuous repercussions as it goes forward. I have to finish. Let me finish with this. Four keys that will help you. Picture your God-given future. Picture it. If you can get a mental picture of what it looks like. If you can picture your office, your factory, your home, and you are seeing the manifestation of God's goodness breaking out, keep that picture firm. Think about it. Meditate on it. Let it take root in your spirit. It may well be, it may well be you need another family home. What kind of family home do you need? Do you need two bedrooms, three bedrooms, four bedrooms, five bedrooms, 18 bedrooms, 19 bathrooms? I don't know what you need. Get the picture. So, Father, this is is what I think we need. If you need to adjust that, please do it. The second thing is this. Move in that direction. So if you're going to change your office, if you're going to change your family, if you're going to, so you start thinking of things, how, how you can bring change, how you can bring kindness, goodness, and mercy into that environment. Thirdly, develop necessary skills to get you there. You may have to learn something to get you where the dream that God has for you. You're waiting for it to just plop out of heaven and land on your lap. Baby, it's not going to happen. That's a prophetic word. And fourthly, confess three times a day what your future is. I am blessed, and I will be a blessing. I am going to meet the needs of the orphan, the widow, and the poor. I am going to do that. And wherever it is, you confess it two or three times, it becomes a part of your life. Proverbs 23 and verse 7 says this For surely you have a future ahead of you. Your hope will not be disappointed. Are you hearing me? There are some people who have lost hope. I understand. Challenging moments of your life marriage fractured, kids disenfranchised, hate your workplace. Feel you want to scream every time you go into that room. I'm here to tell you God has a good plan for you. A plan to bless you and a plan to prosper you. If you are ready to receive the truth that I've just shared with you, just stand. I want to agree with you that the truth will become alive in your life. I'm praying after five. If you're on your feet, I'm praying for you. If you're not, I'm not praying for you. Don't come to me at the end. I won't be praying for you at the end. So, Jesus, we thank you for those that are agreeing with your truth. They're not my words. They're your words. They are eternal words. And, Father, I pray for a huge dose of faith, encouragement, confidence, and hope to be deposited in every life that is standing. I say, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In every life that is standing, may they know the good God of the universe is with them and not against them. And everybody said, Amen. amen. God bless you.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, take a seat. We're about to go, but as we do, uh, Ian speaking tonight. Well, he's speaking all day actually, but he's speaking tonight. I encourage you to come out. There's nothing on TV, nothing that's going to help you anyway. So, so why not come out? Uh, as we always do, I want to remind you to be purposed in your giving. Um, the both the foyers, there's giving stations as you leave. Can I? can I remind you and encourage you to be purposed we don't receive an offering generally in our services on purpose and that is so that we will be purposed in our giving rather than just via road or reaction we need to be purposed in our giving so I encourage you to do that also today we are going to receive an offering and the offering we're going to receive is going to Ian and Judith bless them for being with us it'll also bless the proton foundation the work that they're doing and we've seen some of the work from last year that we were able to contribute in. so that's good and i also remind you that ian's got resources available in the foyer if you'd like to pick those up but for the host team if you could ready yourselves that would be great before we receive the offering i i'd like to pray and then we'll do that Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that we've been encouraged. I thank you that we've been challenged. Father, I thank you that you do have a plan, and it is good. It's very good. And it's a now plan, and it involves us. And it involves our city. It involves our nation. It involves the nations of the world. So, Lord, I ask that the seeds that have been planted today, as we go, they would start to grow. They would start to take root. Father, I ask that this morning you would release courage in this room in the name of Jesus and purpose in this room in the name of Jesus, that there would be a kingdom focus released in this room this morning that would cause us to step into those things that you've foreseen, that you've planned, that you have ahead of us. Lord, that we wouldn't be comfortable to sit back. In fact, Jesus, I ask that if any of us try to sit back, you'd give us a nudge that we would be the church that you've called us to be for a city that you love deeply. So I commit every person to you. I thank you that you are, have, and are meeting our needs. I thank you that you there are the answer to our problems, to the issues we're facing, and you're also the solution to those around us who have issues are facing. So as we go into the week, Lord, I ask that we would know your presence in a tangible way. That you would fill each one of us with faith in Jesus' name. And that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, would be like Jesus. Amen. Amen.